Okay, so we're live. Thank you, uh, Dr. Sean Powers. We are um, at our weekly interview, Learning from the Masters series. I'm very excited to have Dr. Sean Powers with us this week. Uh, you have a name that I've heard for many, many years. So I'm going to ask your background uh, in a little bit, but you've been um, helping and mentoring chiropractors for a long time, I think. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk about, I think, where what's going to be of value today is talk a little bit about how to create a dream practice as part of a dream life. And there's no better expert at this than Dr. Sean Powers. That is her philosophy. So before we get into that, though, I would love you to introduce yourself, Dr. Sean Powers. Tell us a little bit about yourself chiropractically and then how you came to where you are now coaching and mentoring chiropractors from around the world. Well, thanks again for having me on. And it's so excited to speak to all of you who are listening live and all of you on the replay. So let me just, uh, if it's okay with you, I will tell you why I am here today. Um, when I was a little girl, my father died. I wasn't even quite three years old. And that set the course of my destiny, meaning that I wanted to save dads from dying. That was all I could think about. What could I do? What could I become? Um, everything around that piece of loss in my life. So I became a critical care nurse. Short story, I was um, working a double shift, 16 hours, 12 people die. Boom, 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 just like that. I'm 20 years old. I'm like, this is not congruent with my no more dead dad's mission in life. I, I saw dead moms, dead sisters, dead aunts, dead uncles all day long. And I woke up the next morning and I decided it was time to go to chiropractic school. I had been introduced to chiropractic while I was um, in university for nursing and it changed my life. So I thought maybe this is the path to change more lives, to save more dads, dads and families. And it, I wasn't the chiropractor that I am today, obviously, when I started. I think I was more mechanistic in mindset because I came from a critical care background. And over time, I hired coach after coach. I went to seminar after seminar. And that's where I really got the pureness and the vitalist viewpoint of chiropractic. And then my mentor, Jim Sigafus, walked in one day. I'd hired him to come and do an in-office consult. And he said to me, you know what? I don't think you need me. I think we need you to be out in the profession, yeah. to start speaking and teaching. And honestly, I'm like, I paid $1,500 for that. And this is like eons ago. So it was a big, a money, yeah. you know, we pay $1,500 a month now for our coaches or 25, yeah. you know, all levels, yeah. but it was a big investment, but he gave me another level of my calling. So I stood at the table for countless years, reconnecting people, special needs, pediatric, and now I use those that knowledge, that wisdom, and that gifts to help other doctors serve their mission, their purpose, and no more dead dads is still the mission, right? I must say, and um, maybe it's just because I've become a dad for the third time four weeks ago, a little four-week-old. Um, and uh, when you said that, save more dads, that must be one of the clearest, most powerful missions I think I've ever heard. You know, it's just like there's... It's just so powerful. It's unbelievable. Right. Um, and to have someone like uh, Dr. Sigafus, you know, see something in you, that's, that's uh, amazing as well. Now, let's, uh, thank you for, for sharing that. And um, let's talk a little bit about 
we spoke about um, just before air, you know, fear in the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is, a, like I said, a very big interest of, of mine, I think. Uh, chiropractors living in fear, chiropractors communicating in fear um, is one of the biggest challenges we face. So can you talk a little bit about that in your experience of the struggles that chiropractors have living in fear and communicating in fear? Well, and again, I, I always come from the source of who I am. And originally, I lived my life in fear of dying at a young age like my father did. So I did everything about not dying instead of living. Like there's a difference, right? That that obsessiveness, right? And so I, I, you know, consciousness is such a gift. The more aware we are, the more conscious we are of, of our patterns, our beliefs. And so the idea of not practicing or living in fear came to me over time through study and awareness and and um, the people that I was in proximity to. So I think in our profession, we have been sold a bill of goods or we have a belief system that we're not real doctors, right? Yeah. Um, there is a prosperity issue to some level in our practice. There's an identity issue with some people in our practice. And also there are companies and coaches that teach you to make people afraid so that they would take action. So anyway, you know, the whole definition of fear is false expectations appearing real. I'm all about being real with people, being in a conversation, holding a bigger vision than they might be able to see for themselves. And um, when you know that you know what you know, then the fear just kind of falls away. But that's a process. That's who you spend your time with. It's what you listen to, like your broadcasts, right? You're helping people peel off those layers to be more in alignment with who they truly are and who they want to be. Right? Yeah. So I mean, so, uh, that sounds perfect. I, I mean, I told the story, I think it was last week, the week before, when I started practice, I moved up to the UK and I had a practice in London. And we joined a coaching group. I was 24 years old. I didn't know what was going on. And that said, here's something. Read that. When you communicate with somebody, communicate um, and and go and do it. And it worked. You know, we built a, a, a pretty high-volume practice quite quickly. But I was miserable, you know. And, and going into practice on a Monday morning was not something I, I looked into. I looked forward to. Even though we were seeing 50, 60, 100 people a day, it, it was uh, not something I looked forward to at all. And I realize now it's that I've created something based on someone else's values and not who I authentically was. And I actually left the country and moved back home to start something new and fresh that was more in alignment with me. So would you say that's quite common? That there's chiropractors out there that are, are building practices around what someone else's perception of success is. And then when they get there, they're finding it's not fulfilling them. Well, I I think there is some evidence to fake it till you make it or to use systems or structure or to model behaviors um, until it's in your own DNA and you own it. However, I think the idea of fear-based conversations, um, like 
one of my um, practice members once, he was a police officer, and he used to say to me, you are as serious as a heart attack. And I said, you're right. I am as serious as a heart attack because my dad died from a heart attack three days after he had had a full medical exam and he told it, he thought he would live to be forever, right? And so I said, I'm serious about how you look at your health, the decisions you make. And so I think there's that level of seriousness versus coming from fear. Some people are motivated by fear and, and that's the connection piece of our life to ourselves. What, what are our values? What leads us? What motivates us? What makes us become more tomorrow than we are today in that state of yeah. constant becoming green and growing or ripe and rotting, right? And I think yeah. in practice, right? That's one of my favorite statements. We're either green and yeah. growing or yeah. ripe and rotting. And so that I think that's the key piece in our conversations with our practice members is to connect with them first, to align where they are, what are their values, what are their beliefs. And so for me, everything comes down to belief and intention, and then the actions, the consistency, the momentum comes from that foundation, that source. Mm -hmm. So fear is, um, it shrinks your life. It, it makes you sick and um, anything, and, and again, it's a personal thing. What helps you be confident and certain and know that you know that you know? And sometimes it is modeling somebody else. Sometimes it yes. is following a path like you did for a period of time, experience success at that level and then become, finding out it's not right for you. Right. Yeah, sure. We're just in a process, right? Writing a new page of the chapter of our life every single day. Yeah. Right. That's it. That's it. And uh, something a thought that just came up is is if you look at you know human psychology and what what um, inspires people to take action, is obviously moving away from pain and, and moving towards pleasure. And there is this thought process that people are more motivated to move away from pain than they are towards pleasure. So my question to you would be, would, do you agree with that? And do you think it's more important in terms of your communication to spend your time painting a vision of what, or communicating your patient's ideal vision of what their future could look like? Mm -hmm. Or is it talking more about moving away from the suffering they're actually going through? Or do you have to find the balance between the two? I think it is a combination of the two. And I have a dream that people come to chiropractic offices first and they come with their before they even conceive a child because they want their genetic pool to be as strong as possible. Yeah. We used to say from the womb to the tomb, I started to say preconception to yeah. the end of life, right? And so if people understand what the purpose of the nerve system is and what subluxation um, correction does, it brings more light. It brings more energy. It brings what's right already in your body to fruition. So I'm a big believer in I don't tell them, I ask them. And part of my, my system of report of findings is we give them a foundation to know what normal and abnormal is. And then we ask them what they see, what they think that means, how long they think that will take. And that's a whole shift that I don't think a lot, other than my clients, 
who bless them are breaking records and saving and transforming more lives every day because they have a conversation. And they're not thinking, am I going to move them towards pleasure or away from pain? They're thinking, this is a human being in front of me who has people in their lives who love them. What can I do to help them live their best life? Yeah, that's it. Connecting actually with the person in front of you rather than having some goal that you're taking towards. Right, right. And yeah, it's I, not that you have a goal. However, they are almost unconscious. They don't even know what health truly is. Um, they are, we live in a society that believes in symptom treating. And we know that only doing symptom treating kills people every day. Yeah. Right. So, so it's, it's just an ongoing conversation, I think, about elevating the human condition and the ability to express potential. It's really not about spines and subluxation. It's about that thing that runs and controls you and that light within you to elevate that vibration and allow it to be who you are, right, at the best. And, uh, and you mentioned it uh, now, and it's something that almost every speaker that's come on to this has, has mentioned, is that true communication is about asking questions. It's not telling. You know? And I think many of us, me included, um, have been guilty over the years of you know, telling them what the truth is and they're nodding. You know, meanwhile, the eyes are glazed over and they're somewhere else. Um, but the masters of communication, you know, they don't actually say too much. It's just they ask engaging questions and they know what questions to ask because they're actually listening to the answers and they're actually connecting with that person. And, and the reality is, is that, you know, if, if you're dealing with an adult, you know, they want to make their own decisions and they want choices. Like who wants to be told what to do, right? We grew up and got out of the house so we could live our own life, right? So there is yeah. definitely an art in communication and understanding behavioral styles, understanding human design, understanding the person in front of you, understanding yourself. That's the most vital person you have to communicate with, right? And then all of the ripple effect because of that. So oftentimes people are looking for the latest funnel, the latest, you know, ad they should do, the latest thing they should buy. What they should do is look inside and work on that. And then all your funnels produce, right? And I'm sure you do that, right? You can create the same funnel for somebody and they get hundreds of people in their practice. And the other person's like, why am I not getting anything? It's because so they're true. being, right? We were yeah. talking about this a few, a few weeks ago. You, you can coach two people and give them the exact same strategy. And one person crushes it. The next person seems to get blocked and when you sit down and you speak to them you can see the men you can feel the mental blocks and that are in the one person and the other person is seems to be just vibrating at a different level so it's got nothing to do with what they're doing it's it's who they're being um and uh you know i'm talking to chiropractors all the time now we don't do marketing for their practice we're helping them build coaching products but in conversation with them Obviously, quite frequently, I'll hear things like, yeah, we just, we just need more new patients and we need to do this and we need to do that. And, but in my experience, 
when you start working on your inside and you actually work on and who you're being, the phone actually just starts ringing. You know, and, and that doesn't mean you don't have to do stuff and have systems and all that, but it's the being that we're missing. That is actually the biggest piece that we're missing. Would you agree? I totally agree. And I would also think this um, hunger for new people is because people don't understand how to keep people. And we don't no. keep people for any reason other than just like you and I, probably I will go and get checked later this afternoon as I do every week. And I have, since I learned about chiropractic, when I went away to university for nursing when I was 17 years old, I've never missed a week of another chiropractor checking me. And yeah. so I think that is also a call to our profession is if we get what we give our families and ourselves, why aren't the people in your practice doing that? And that comes down to who you're being, what you believe, and your communication, as well as your systems and your structure. So yes, the being part is first. You know the circle, be, do, have. You know why the be is in the center? Because the doing and the having comes from the be in the center. That's it. And um, in my experience as well, that's not something that one day clicks and then you're enlightened for the rest of your life. It's actually something that's, that you, your habit, it has to be in alignment with habits and rituals and you you go off the path and you, I mean, I just went through a month where I was completely in a state of scarcity and fear and I had to recorrect using, you know, habits and rituals. So would you say in your life and in your practice, you have certain habits and rituals that you do every single day to keep you back on track? Absolutely. And I think what you just said, you went through a month. What I say is to have the awareness in the moment in an hour like maybe something negative has happened in your life you've had a loss um a breakup a breakdown something didn't go the way you want it because that's how life is right yeah. so you give yourself time to grieve or be upset or angry but you don't waste a whole day or a whole week or a whole month i have an incredible reverence for life and because I revere life and the gift that I've been giving, I, to the best of my ability, my rituals and my habits, make sure that I don't indulge in the negative or get stuck in an unhealthy pattern. And of course, I'm not perfect. That's why I get a coach to make sure I'm aware of what's going on. But I think that's just that like reverence for life and your life and your vibration, how you vibrate affects everybody around you. So definitely, um, I have certain systems and rituals that I ask my clients to embrace or to choose to work with so that they keep elevating who they are and their vibration and their frequency, as well as their knowledge, skills, and abilities. And um, yeah. I don't think we're done until we're dead. Absolutely. Well, that goes with the green and growing or ripe or rotting. You, know, always, you always feel like you're green and growing. You know, it never ends. Never. Unless yeah. you want it to. And then you're one of those people sitting in the rocking chair. And then when it's near the end, you're like, oh, my God. What did I do? I just wasted every, every opportunity. Yeah, that's, that regret. that's that regret that you mentioned. Um, what I'd like to... Um, to ask you is, and I suppose we try and keep it as simple as possible, because this is probably a conversation that could 
go on for the next three hours from what I'm going to ask you. But if you have a doctor that's just feeling overwhelmed with practice life and family life and, and is just feeling stuck, overwhelmed, not getting there, not feeling getting fulfillment from practice, they find they're bringing their practice stress home and it's affecting family life and marriage and kids and they're not able to be present. I mean, what advice would you give a chiropractor to have an amazing practice as part of an amazing life? First of all, you have to make a decision. You decide. I want an amazing life that includes my practice. Yeah. And that's a difference from I want an amazing practice and then whatever I get or can give to my kids or my family or my wife or my husband, that's like gravy or frosting. Right. Yeah. So so decision is is the ultimate um, cutoff line. Right. When you decide you cut off from any other possibility and, and it has to be a decision that you truly, truly own it and want it. I am a big believer in the bigger your vision or your dream. And if that doesn't mean a volume, like, you know, we talk a lot about numbers in practice. I have some women who are full-time moms and part-time chiropractors. Their yeah. vision is big for humanity, their family, et cetera. And so you need, in my opinion, it's always you go farther, further, faster, whatever that means to you when you get support, when you get yeah. help. And um, if you're feeling overwhelmed, the first thing is, is just chunk it down, take some breaths. Maybe you need to take a nap, right? I mean, it could be, maybe you need to take a walk. Maybe you need to call somebody like you or me or all the other people who are out there to help you. But first of all, make that decision and then just take one step. You don't have to take all the steps. You don't have to transform your entire life in that moment. You just start being the person that is going to create the life and the practice that you want. Just one step at a time, one thought at a time. Something that um, I think it was Bob Proctor said it, and it, it, that, it really resonated with me maybe because of the challenges I've had, but he said, it's not about slowing down, it's about calming down. Um, and, and, and that I really think it could serve chiropractors that we often feel like we're very busy and we are, especially if you have, you know, busy practice and it's that speed that can make you feel stressed, but you, you can do the same thing in a calmer state if you choose to do that. I've never heard that. And I love it because I speak to that a lot, slowing down creates greater momentum oftentimes. And, um, there's being busy and there's being effective That's okay. and you have to slow down and pay attention. Like you have to have, I do believe you have to have metrics in all areas of your life to see, are you winning the game you decided to play? Let's decide first what game you're playing. Are you playing big? Are you going to be a goat, the greatest of all time? Are you going to be a coach? You're going to be a spectator. Are you going to be a bench player? You're going to be that one who comes in just at the last minute and saves the day, yeah. right? So slow down is a good thing, but also that's part of our, our nerve system, right? Modulating, being able to control. That's why breathing is so important. Yeah. Just when you're overwhelmed, if you stopped and took 10 deep breaths, it, a functional MRI proves that it changes your brain. It increases the area of focus. 
So yeah. you just have to have like a, a bunch of tools and resources so that when you need them, you can call them out. Yeah, so you've got that toolkit. And then you can ask yourself, what, what, what toolkit can I go to because things are getting a bit tense? Right. I'll show you one of the things I do. Um, I'm at a standing desk. I stand all day. I start early in the morning because I coach clients all over the world. And I have the photo of my dad and my whole family. You can see there's the little girl. Yeah. That's me. And he was dead a week later. Um, so this stays on my desk and in my presence at all time to remind me of my mission. And I think when we have a mission and a purpose and a drive, that brings us calmness. It brings mm -hmm. us centeredness. And so when all the noise and all the external circumstances and the things that people are trying to convince us of are out there, we can just be who we are being and driving and doing and lovingly slowly going towards what we want to become yeah. and what we want to leave the legacy piece i think that's the other issue in chiropractic we think just about our four walls we don't think about the legacy yeah. for our families for the world for humanity and we can leave an, an incredible legacy by making humanity healthier yeah oh absolutely beautiful uh, Dr. Powers, um, I've really, really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, and uh, there's some some true wisdom that you've mentioned, you know, just in, in 20 minutes or so. So thank you so much. I'd love to have you on again. Um, and uh, I'm sure there's many different directions we could go in our conversations. But if somebody wanted to see more of your content, how would they be? How would they be able to connect with you? You can just go to drshawnpowers.com. Um, I'm on Facebook regularly, um, spreading the word about using your two hands, your loving heart, and your anchored mind to change the world. So you can reach out to me by email, drshawnpowers, drs at drshawnpowers.com. So I'm pretty okay. easy to find. Okay. Okay. Well, I hope some people will go and have a look at that because there, there's going to be some real, real value that can, can change your life and change the life of your practice members as well, I'm sure. Um, so thank you again, and uh, we'll be in touch, and we'll speak soon. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.